English is back from BibleandBusiness.com, and I could think of no one better, no one better to celebrate Christmas Eve Eve, also known as the secular holiday of Festivus. Bill English, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. I have never heard of Festivus. You I know. mentioned it in your in your <laughs> I cannot wait to introduce it to you because I feel like it will be your favorite secular holiday. It probably will be. Paul comes on off air and he goes, You ever heard of it? And I said no, but thank God there's so, Wikipedia. I've been reading it. So. <laughs> Festivus. Festivus is a secular holiday. Let's just be really clear about that. Um right. it's celebrated on I guess celebrated is the right word, on December the twenty third. <clears throat> Um, as an as an alternative, I think, to the commercialization of, of Christmas. Um, actually, author Daniel O'Keefe is the one who first, like, wrote about Festivus, but it was popularized in 1997 in a Seinfeld episode, affectionately known as uh, a Festivus for the rest of us. And um, so on, uh, on Festivus, or during Festivus, First of all, there's the Festivus poll, which is just like a stick. Right. It doesn't have any, right. there's nothing about it. And there's the airing of grievances, which I must tell you, many of our listeners um, are celebrating Festivus today because they are actively airing their grievances toward me um, on the text line. So there you go. I didn't know I had so many people in the audience who were celebrating Festivus, but they are because there is an open airing of grievances right now. There you go. That's why I thought I would bring it up because people are clearly engaged in it, which is, you know, healthy and good. So what about the feats of strength? What's that about? <laughs> it's practices such as airing of grievances and feats of strength. What's? Do you know anything well, about that? Well, feats of strength might be, you know, let's all go out in the yard and see who can pitch this log the furthest. Oh, or, I see. Or arm wrestling. Arm wrestling would be a feats of strength, which would just be, you know, engagement with those present, you know. But I don't know that in COVID we're allowed to do such things. So your feats of strength would probably have to not involve they would still have to somehow be socially distant. So it might have to involve, you know, the pitching of trees or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know either. And then uh, and then the labeling of easily explainable events such uh, as, uh, as oh, Festivus, it's a Festivus Miracles. Miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I could have some fun with that. <laughs> right? Exactly. Anything, anything can fall into the category of a Festivus Miracle. Like That's literally right. anything. Yeah, exactly. And so today, as ordinary things happen... You could just declare to other people, it's a Festivus miracle. It is. It is. Now, you know? now, now I am giving people reason and cause to, um, to wonder what I'm talking about and why I'm talking about it. Okay, so when the word miracle is used in a way like that, you and I as Christians need to smile. We need to joyfully acknowledge what somebody is doing. And we need to say, hey, um, I actually believe in miracles. And I would love to share with you the miracle that, um, that I am going to be celebrating here in just the next 24 hours related to the incarnation of God who came in flesh to dwell among us. Like that's, that's the real, uh, the real miracle of this time of year um, that, we're, that we celebrate at this time of year. And even though I can joyfully and laughingly uh, participate in a parody holiday like Festivus, um, the airing of grievances conversation is there is this like confessional confessing our sins to one another kind of thing. Instead of me, um, laying out my grievances, me confessing the fact that I know I have grieved you and I have grieved God, that's actually a pretty Christian thing to be doing, like a very Christian thing to be doing, expressly Christian. So anyway, I wanted to bring it up because there probably are people whose at least social media is going to be filled today with some festivist uh, things. And so, you know, highlighting it here with you because of all my guests, yes. you would actually, I think, enjoy a festivist experience. Oh, I would. 
Oh, I, I would. I may have to take my I can't take my family out for dinner because we're still shut down here in Minnesota. Although outdoor dining is now approved in December in Minnesota. It's cold, right? isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yes, it is. It's, that's that's the that's the I, the I was humor hoping of he, it all. He might as well open up the golf courses too, right? Our governor has has finally opened outdoor dining. So, but yeah, okay. So if take, you do take that, take my family could I... out for Festivus. I am going to recommend that if you go out to play golf in Minnesota, yes, yes, that you take a ball that is a color other than white. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have to. I mean, yeah. that's you know, that's, that's just saying. common sense. I, well, there you go, or one that blinks, lights up. I don't know. Okay, so uh, you and I had scheduled to talk about uh, the stimulus. And the reason that maybe I am uh, hesitating is the president has now um, basically threatened a veto of the $900 billion stimulus demanding that instead of $600 checks, people get $2,000 checks. um, And he is calling for the elimination of a number of other things from the bill. I think part of the challenge, uh, Bill, is that um, the stimulus, which is $900 billion, is actually folded into a much larger um, spending package, and all of those things are kind of being confused. I would agree with that statement. So um, what's in it? Where do you think we go from here? I, I think uh, the Democrats are going to try and get the $2,000. And look, there, there is some logic to the $2,000 piece here. $600 doesn't get you anything, really. Um, the average mortgage payment is just below $1,400. Average car payment is about $450 a month. So you throw in another $350 for groceries, and you've basically covered somebody for a month with $2,000. So um, I understand where the president's coming uh, from this. Uh, This is really a a result of Congress's complete and utter dysfunction and the the politicization. I can't pronounce that word. I can't say it either. Everybody knows what you mean. Yeah, of, of, of the entire process. There is no reason why Congress should be throwing in this huge omnibus bill, which is really a bunch of bills put together to keep the government going for the next 12 months, and the stimulus into one bill, in, in into one vote. Congressmen had less than six hours to look at this thing before they had to vote on it. It was 5,600 pages. It took them dollies to cart the papers from one house to the other just so that they could have an official copy in in the house when when the senate was or I'm sorry in the senate when the senate was voting on it and so uh, this is just complete dysfunction on, on the part of both the house and the senate and the president frankly was disengaged he's way too focused on trying to get the uh, election overturned that's not going to happen and uh, and now he's coming in after the fact, after everything's been agreed to, and he's trying to push this from $600 to 2000 All the liberals are going to get on board with this. The conservatives are just going to be apoplectic about this. And this may be the cannonball in the deep end of the pool that scuttles the whole thing until Biden is president. Mm. Okay, uh, Bill English and I are going to take a very brief break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about the reality that a lot of our neighbors and probably some of our listeners are facing um, right now, and that is the prospect of eviction. Um, So that's up next. I know that doesn't sound like good news, but Bill and I are going to um, talk empathetically about the reality uh, that people are living in right now and maybe challenge, um, challenge those of us who are in a position to help Uh, to find a way to do so. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. You're a mean one.
Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a... Well, he's not a Grinch. Bill English is a big-hearted, delightful guy. Um, I think that uh, he's the only guest we have for him with whom we could play that other than Peter Kapsner. So there you go. <laughs> you know, that's just a step above the Eeyore song that Paul sometimes I know. Me I'm, up so we, with. We, I know. We now have like a, a repertoire just for you. Okay. Just so, for me. All right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A playlist, a Bill English playlist. Um, Bill, go. the situation of um, of a wave of evictions in January – um, is absolutely cause for Congress to get itself together and get something done um, in terms of the support of the American people. Just bring us up to date on what's going on um, on the eviction front. On the eviction front, <clears throat> this uh, bill that uh, Congress has just passed uh, would actually put a moratorium on evictions for another month. So the Wall Street Journal article that you and I were talking about off air about a week ago from December 13th about the uh, coming uh, just tsunami of evictions in January would now be written for coming tsunami of evictions in February. So at least give people another month. Um, assuming that President Trump signs this bill or they can get some form of it passed soon. But the eviction piece is still coming. Uh, and the church needs to wake up and uh, be ready f- to help house people who are suddenly going to be homeless or at least not have any place to go. Uh, if, if they can't be taken in by family, uh, then, then, then they need to be taken in by friends. This eviction thing is a big deal. And the reason it's there is because people are not able to make their rent payments. And the reason they're not able to make their rent payments is because they've been unemployed, because their bus- their employers have been shut down. Hence, I understand President Trump's $2,000 piece here, right? It would give people at least another month of, of support and help. Uh, this is a really serious thing, Carmen, and I don't know how effective our churches are really going to be on this. And, and I'm sorry to be a, a Debbie Downer or a Bill the Bummer Wednesday here, but um, – if 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 we can't even get half of our people to tithe on a regular basis, how are we going to expect them to open up their homes and let people come live with them for a month or two while while the people get their lives together? I I I, I really wonder about that, Carmen. I, I don't know what you would think about that, but I, I wonder about that. I I'm um I wonder about so many things, Bill. Um and I, I know you do. Well, You're I mean, I was. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was going to say you're a very curious person, and that's what makes you such a good, uh, makes you such a good host. Oh well, uh, thank you. But I, I just wonder if our churches could really step up and take care of a lot of these people who are going to be evicted at some point in the next few months. I wonder if um, part of this conversation um, also includes our our unwillingness to tell our churches, um, our neighbors, our friends, um, people on social media, like whoever it is, um, our, our pride keeps us from saying, um, my family and I are going to be evicted if, if somebody does not help us out. Like we have got to have some help. And if you don't, if you don't go early enough and say that, if you don't say three months from now, I'm going to be evicted. And that creates the cushion of time for a group of people to find a way to positively respond and keep you in your home or in your apartment. 
Um, I think that's part of the challenge as well. And so I think you're right. We're going to face a wave of evictions. We're going to be surprised by the number of people who are suddenly homeless. And we are going to rally, but we won't be able to rally for everybody because we we won't be prepared to do so. It just it, it I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, the responsibility is going to largely fall on um, the the nonprofit sector. And we're going to suddenly we're going to suddenly wonder why we don't have um, a better capacity in our communities to house people who um, find themselves homeless. Uh, and we're going to have to step up. And as Christians, you know, our capacity for doing that, I mean, we, there's no question we have the capacity to do it. The question is, do we have the compassion to do it? And and maybe in this season, Bill, um, because the evictions are going to be so widespread, we're not going to be talking about, you know, people who by their own fault did not do a job that was available to, to them to do. We're talking about massive numbers of people who are going to lose their housing um, for no cause of their own, but simply because of the of the shutdown of the nation for such a long period of time related to uh, the pandemic. And may I connect to that a mindset <clears throat> that has, I think, really set in across America uh, and that the church has accepted, and that is that homelessness, taking care of people who are destitute or down on their luck, is really government's job. And it's not my job. It's not personalized for most people. And it's certainly not the church's job because the government taxes us. Let's let the government handle that. I think there are some within the evangelical community, probably a minority, who would say, no, that really is the church's job. And I think most would actually say, yeah, it is. But they would live it out as, no, it's not. And so it it, it just seems to me that this mindset of saying when there is this kind of a problem, it is us, the church, who needs to come forward in spite of or in addition to whatever the government is doing. In other yeah, words, you think, can't just say, we paid our taxes, therefore I've done my part. And when, and when Bill and I are using the word church there, we're talking about church big C, but that works yeah. itself out through church little C. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you and I have to leave it right there. Um I know. I, I know. Well, we could do we could do one happy holiday thing. Maybe we got time. We got thirty seconds. Give us a um, Bill English for Christmas sings what? Sings what do I sing? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, what I sing is at the end of White Christmas. It's mm. the um, it's it's the song that all four of the actors, Danny Kay and and the other three, sing. You know, when I was mustered out, I thought without a doubt. That I was through with all my care and strife, you know, that that song. Uh, that's it. really one of my favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you so much, Bill English. Merry Christmas. Happy New Merry Year. Christmas we'll talk to you. We'll talk with you, Lord willing, uh, again, early 2021. All right. There it is. There, Paul has I know. It. Well, there Where it is. Go, I know, because he's so good. All right. He is Blessings, good. my friend. All right. Take care. Strive. Oh, well, I thought that I was then the happiest of men. But after months of tough civilian life, oh, dear, oh, gee, I wish I was back in the yard.